0: Welcome into LA, Utah State. This is a podcast that covers soccer and focuses primarily on Real Salt Lake. This is a recap episode where we go over the last game for RSL. This week happened to be Philadelphia. Uh, 1-0 victory for RSL, which is a pretty big deal considering Philadelphia was on a kind of a run. So anyway, we're going to go into that, kind of talk about our offense, our defense, our man of the match, all that fun stuff coming up next on the Utah State.
1: I am Nick Romano, I am your bloodline, this is Hey this is Yerba, this is Kyle Beckerman and you're listening to
0: Only Utah State. This is not long. Alright guys, welcome in to Only Utah State, we have a pretty fun episode today and if you listened this long, then you get a a little pebble of of fun i guess we uh we interviewed craig weibel this week and that's going to be at the end of the episode um kind of extra time if you will (laughs) anyway some interesting questions and uh we'll yeah we'll get to that but first we played philadelphia today at home at the riot we come away with a 1-0 victory and it was a fun game to watch that's i i guess i that's what i that was my first initial reaction
1: yeah that's that's how i would describe it i mean Last time we had a 1-0 victory at home with a beautiful day, nice weather. Um, Gosh, yeah. You know, maybe got a little bit of a sunburn, but that's all right. Get some tan on our on our arms maybe. Uh, <laughs> but overall, a complete game. Yeah. You know, there wasn't moments of lapse. You know, I mean, the New York game was good, but there was that goal that happened in the very beginning that just kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean we almost had one of those at the beginning of today's game, but defense came through. Yeah, and, uh, I think that might be the first time we've said that this season of that our defensive line came through and and really helped us keep cle- keep the clean sheet.
0: Right, no, I, I the, the so I think the the plays referring to there for those that maybe haven't seen the highlights or didn't watch the game. So it was right at the first. Uh, Philadelphia does a long ball over the top. Their striker pulls it down. Nick comes out, makes a. Decent save for where he was at. Uh, but anyway, it's still going to goal. So I think Chris Schuler chested it down, and it was going right towards the goal. And then Aaron Mond, as we've seen a few times from him, does a, a crazy goal line clearance and kicks it straight up in the air, um, which I think it then went out of bounds landed on top of the net. So kind of a crazy play, and that, that did happen right at the first. But that was really, I would say, the real, like the only really scary like moment where they were having, you know, a really good chance at goal. There was a couple other times where it was scrappy, like everyone's kicking at the ball and those are kind of scary, but that was kind of like, oh,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, that was the one moment of of, of panic, I guess. Yeah. That we were, at least me, my heart was kind of beating through my chest. It, it was one of those weird ones because as Nick came out to the 18, you know, the guy tries to chip it over him. Nick gets his hand to it, bounces back towards the guy, guy heads it. And Schuler, I think, knocks it. So, I mean, there's yeah. a big kind of whatever scrum there. Ball ends up going towards goal. And Schuler, I mean, it looks like he's kind of already hung his head at that point and is like, well, crap, we're scored on. And Mon just booking it back there and goal, goal <laughs> line clearance. And it was just, oh. Yeah, what a way to start a game, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I mean,
0: that I, I think that's what started the momentum for us today was just having that uh that cooling clearance right off the top I mean just an exciting play you know and and again this was more of uh, you know we talk about I guess we've talked about in other podcasts where we've gotten unlucky goals maybe it takes a deflection off somebody or you know <laughs> I don't know someone that we think should be offsides and then they're not so I mean this was just a run of play like just exciting soccer to watch and I think it kind of sparked that momentum for rsl and then you could kind of tell though i felt like you know i was going back in time a little bit to jason chrys era, where it was like that was our field like that was our time like you know that was we owned that game you know pretty much is like the feeling i got right from the start um and i thought we possessed the ball well that you know that kind of went into that domination of the game and our offense was there. I mean, we were getting shots. We were making exciting runs, and plays. And uh, Jao Plata was playing with a heart today, that we haven't seen in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I I think on Tuesday we went to training and kind of asked uh Coach Pedke about that. You know, the process where he thought he was in the process, and you know, he told us that it is it is a process, and he thinks that they're 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 doing well and they're working towards those things, and you know, it. It looked like a confident RSL team out there today. A confident team with a good starting eleven that all were there to work together. Um, I I, and we've said it many times this this season. We don't know who our starting eleven is, but that starting eleven today was pretty pretty great. Yeah, Uh, they they came out on fire. They came out with passing. It was there was so much just beautiful beautiful football. Yeah. And, you know, just our goal came from such an amazing just kind of one, two, three punch, you know, of just back and forth between the guys. And uh, we haven't seen that this season. We haven't. Glimpses, maybe once Savarino came, um, we kind of saw that little bit with with Rusnik and and Plata. uh, But today it kind of came full circle with yeah. that full thing, ending with a goal with Plata, so.
0: Right, I mean that, that goal was just crazy you know, like kind of Saverino coming up and then passing it inside the box, which you know, I felt like has been long gone for Marisol a little bit is like that possession in the box and just kind of seeing that like you said, that beautiful play that we've been wanting to have for so long and I don't know, I like you say I the starting lineup, man, that's that's a hard call for Petkey because not today, but I mean when we get our young players back, I don't freaking know. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't even know I I don't even know a formation to put all those guys into that would be the best, you know. Yeah. Cuz I I think Brooks still deserves a starting spot. I think Sovereigno <laughs> deserves a starting spot. Joe ja Plata with the way he's played for the last couple of games deserves a starting spot. So I don't freaking know. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> Luis Silva, then another one that's proved, you know. Oh,
1: my gosh, dude. <laughs> Luis Silva. Okay, I was not – I've said this before. I was not impressed with his first stint with RSL. Didn't like him. Wasn't super excited when they said we'd re-signed him um, coming back from Mexico. But, man, he has taken – he's taken this opportunity um, the last two games as a starter. And he's made it hard. I, I You know, it, it, he, he plays well in, tra- in training, and he works his butt off in – Petke's got a, a hard job to do with this because, yeah, Eura's our, our point man, our, our big, you know, spend money forward. But Luis is playing really good up there. Yeah. And, you know, he has that that really good first touch that just kind of brings that ball in, and he can play it into the run of play. And Yuras hasn't been there. I mean, we can talk about that a little bit later, but Luis has done a good job of, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity that was given to him by getting that start. I think kind of to, to push Yura and it, it, he's made it a fight. Now Yura's is going to have to fight for his spot back. If he wants a starting spot.
0: Right? No, I, I think you're right there. I, again, hard, hard calls for Pecky coming up here in the next few weeks when we get the return of our younger players. And man, I, I don't know what to, what to think. <laughs> I mean, I I, I think today when we were coming home from the game, we were saying that it's great to have another exciting, fun podcast tonight episode because we played so well. I I think this is, I would say, probably the best solid performance that I've seen this season. Just with, you know, and and it's not the scoreline. I mean, obviously, we only scored once, but there were so many chances that were exciting, getting fans on their feet, getting them excited creating that energy in the riot that has maybe been missing this season and you know it's just exciting to watch I I remember you know just earlier this season even just watching and you know we get a turnover and it's kind of like we're not going to do anything with it like there's nothing to get exciting about or excited about because you know that we're probably going to turn the ball over or you know nothing's going to come of it we're just going to dribble it around the box and no one's going to take a shot but not the case anymore there was a lot of shots from outside the box inside the box uh you know and it was it was great and then i know on the post game show a little bit we did hear from it they were talking about how important uh starting back line is and you can just see that today in today's game i mean you know nick earning another shutout our defense earning that shutout you, you know, it, we didn't have anybody in the wrong spot, like in their non-preferred position. We didn't have anybody making an MLS debut. Uh, we we had a solid, experienced back line that I would argue would probably be our starting, you know, 11. But again, with Justin Glad coming back and, you know, you have Justin Schmidt and Horst. I, I, I don't know who that starting 11 is or if there's going to be a rotation or I'm not really sure, but definitely made a difference, I'd say, in the in the performance today. And um, I think it was a great welcome back to Tony, coming back from his couple months.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long it's been since we've had Tony. It seems like it's been forever. Yeah. Um, he had a solid 45 minutes with Monarchs uh, last weekend, um, and then it was just great to see him be there today, play the full 90, and he looked good there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a time that I looked and be like yeah he's he's rusty he's coming back from you know from from being out for a while he looked he looked good yeah he, I think he he had a great game and was it a perfect game no I don't I don't think so but I, I think from coming back out of injury um uh, uh, let's just put it that I'll take him <laughs> at, at right back over um winger any day yeah you know yeah,
0: no, for sure. And I, I think there was one play right there at the first of the game uh, that um, I can't remember. I I know it was early on in the game, but Beltran got crossed up pretty good right in the middle of the field. Uh, Do you remember that, that one, that play? Yeah. He just, he made a turnover and then aggressively went back to, to win the ball back. And the guy I think megged him. So that was the only really, and I, I don't know if, You know, I don't know um, Philadelphia Striker very well (laughs) to know his talent level, I guess, at the moment. But, um, I mean, I I don't think that was like, oh, he's like you were saying, like, oh, he's rusty. I I just think that was probably a good play. And it was just him trying to get the ball back. Um, Another one that surprised me today was Sonny. Um, Yeah. Somebody who I'm usually pretty, like, critic, you know, critical of just um, – seeing you know his kind of out of control play to me i guess but today he was he was doing good i mean he was making good passes he was still kind of doing that lawnmower defense or he just you know going up and you know making those physical battles with anybody who crosses his path but at the same time he wasn't the typical reckless um kind of directionless i guess is the best way to put it um sunny that we're maybe used to seeing in those last few, uh, few games. And I don't know, I, it was really good. And another thing we got to remember too, is that Kyle Beckerman was suspended and so he wasn't able to play today and to have that type of performance without the cap. I mean, especially the way he's been playing and obviously we've seen after he was out for those few weeks with that injury coming back in and just the amount of calmness and control that he gives to the team. To come out and perform like that, I I think is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think Sonny did a great job. I think, you know, and I'm not a huge fan of Sonny. I don't think he's he's been consistent, um, and I think that's still going to be an issue. Hopefully, you know, he's he's working towards that, and that'll be be something. But somebody on Reddit said, you know, with the performance we had Sonny had today, he he looked like what everyone hoped he would be when he, we first signed him in right. being the heir apparent to kyle beckerman in that that kind of defensive mid midfielder position and i, I think it's right i think he did a good job today um you know still I, it, he's not consistent enough that i want him to be the starting spot there but you know at the same time i think he's he's a good person to bring off the bench to put into that spot i think he can do a good job there um but I don't know. I guess, I mean, I, I think so far for our defense, it was a great game. Great game for our team. We didn't give a goal up in the first 10 minutes. We, you know, had a solid game, a, t- a full team effort, but defensive effort by Nick Raimondo uh, and the back line to get a shutout. Um, you know, I don't I don't even know when the last time we had a shutout was. I mean, it's been yeah. it's been a few weeks. Right. Um really though i can't think of <laughs> yeah it's been yeah I, maybe I, you can look now it up I'm gonna have to look it up
0: yeah i mean i think you know i i don't know i i was just excited with the game and um kind of looking over the reddit comments as well uh someone made the comment let's see if i can pronounce this uh zd Trefer on reddit here in his comment basically said that one oh games are always so interesting or er, exciting and nerve-wracking which is definitely true. Um, you know, those games, they are because it's so competitive because at one goal, the other team's not out of it. Um, but at the same time, the team that's up isn't comfortable with their lead, so they're still trying to score. And I, I think that makes for a exciting physical, well, what we saw today, a very physical game where both sides, there wasn't a lot of time wasting, to, at least until towards the end of the second half. But yeah. um, other than that, I mean, it was pretty – pretty fast paced you know because both teams are still trying to score and that was the thing I, I know somebody uh when i was reading on reddit a few weeks ago someone had posted a video of um, a game i don't even remember who it was against but i think it was against la and we won like 4-0 um and or 5-0 maybe or 5-1 i don't really remember but we just he's the basically the whole point of the him posting this was i missed that that killer instinct that we had And not that today we went out and scored a bunch of goals, but we had a lot of chances to score goals, and we were never sitting back waiting. You know, like we were constantly attacking every time, and our transitions looked good. That you know, maybe what was missing a few weeks ago or this for this season and into last season was that connection from uh, the back line to the strikers. Um, A lot of people said when Javier Morales left that we lost that connection, and I think Albert is you know, morphing into that player that we need him to be at that position, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, when we lost Javi, that was an issue. And I think Albert's uh, each week, I am more and more and more impressed by, by Albert Rusnak. He is he coming to a different country. Whoops. Don't touch the mic. Brandon, <laughs> don't touch the mic. <laughs> Um, he, he's come into a new country with, you know, totally new system, totally new guys, totally new league, and he's adjusted so well. And each week he continues to improve. I, I feel like each week I continue to say that, you know, he's playing great and he's doing everything he needs to do. And I think that was apparent today that he was that kind of link in between the the defense to the offense, the the defensive line through the midfield up to the forwards, that he was there to – be anywhere he needed to on the field to get that ball going and it was great to see. Uh, just as a note last shutout we had was April 8th against Vancouver 3-0 just had to look that up but um, <laughs> had to figure it out. Yeah. We had 17 shots today 17 shots. That's pretty freaking awesome if you ask me <laughs> uh, Yes I, it is. I, I mean we talked a lot about that at the beginning of the season of shots yeah. And, you know, it's pretty great. I guess let's let's hop out to a break real quick. We yeah, can get definitely. back into a bit more of offense after this. Um, you're listening to Ola Utah State.
0: I spent months looking for an affordable laptop. As you know, I'm a student and don't have a lot of extra cash lying around. I just wanted a laptop that was reliable and a business that stood by their product. And that's exactly what I found with Affordable Laptops, located at 12125 South Redwood Road, Riverton, Utah. Here you find a trustworthy team that is there to help you get the laptop that you need by the name. You might guess they're affordable and they really are affordable laptops is truly the home of the $99 laptop. Stop by and let them know that Olay Utah state saying, go get your laptop today and visit
1: them on Facebook. Found at affordable. Laptops. All right. Welcome back into Olay Utah state. We're going to talk, I guess about offense. We've talked about offense a little bit, but we're kind of wrapping that up before the break. Um, with our shots on target we had we had 16 shots total i think i said 17 It's 16 16 shots total 8 on target 6 off target 2 were blocked that's just what the stats tell me on mls yeah so um still a good shot i don't know like maybe earlier this season i think we talked we had a game with 17 or 18 shots similar to this but these shots seemed like more quality shots i mean 8 shots on target that's pretty good. Pretty good for yeah. RSL, which seems like they hadn't been taking shots lately.
0: Right, and those don't include it. Uh, again, this is for those that maybe haven't watched the game yet or haven't watched the highlights. And I don't even know if all these plays would be on the highlights, but there was quite a few from outside the box that were not on target but were freaking close, yeah. you know, that were dangerous balls into the into the box. And so, I mean, those aren't even accounted in those shots on goal. So, I mean, if you include dangerous balls, I, I'd say like – you know, even 10 or 11 of those, including the eight yeah. that were on target. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, just more quality. I think players are, um, I know, I know we talked to one of the guys there at training, one of the other fans that was there and he was saying that his opinion on it was that players are getting more fit and, you know, so we're not maybe making those stupid fouls and we're taking better quality shots and because the team's just coming together more. And I, I know some people on, uh, there was a user on Reddit, basically talked about how he's so happy with how Pecky's coaching and saying that all of his tactics are starting to come together and they make sense and he's just doing a very good job coaching. And so I don't know. I, I think that that comment is completely right that we do have, you know, a game plan that's finally starting to come together and Pecky is finally maybe settling in a little bit into his kind of beliefs and how the team should be, um, you know, running their offense and, and things. And there was, today we saw it in the offense. We saw a lot of good ball movement, um, a lot of you know, dangerous runs and obviously that opened them up at least that one time to put it in the back of the net. But there, there was other times that could have been. Um, and another, th- I guess the biggest thing that I've been happy with is that we, like we've already said, we are taking shots finally. Um, it seemed like there for a while you know, we'd get the ball and we'd just dribble at the top dribble and pass it, and then eventually turn it over or do a cross that would just get headed away. Um, But today, I mean, Plata lined up from outside the box. Uh, Silva did a few times. Savrino, I think, did. Mm -hmm. Rusnik did, I know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think everyone was just – I mean, we've seen it at the last couple of trainings we've been to. They've been very much so high-shot oriented, Uh, you know, getting those shots off when you have – have the opportunity instead of um, you know looking for that perfect pass to have that perfect setup to take a shot it's been more of you know you have that shot take it yeah. cuz you don't know what's going to happen and i th- i think it's worked out i mean we had the one um last week against new york by Rusnik you know outside the box that you know he just won wound up for the wound up wind up yeah However, you say it, I'm not an English person, so um, <laughs> he 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 took the shot from outside the box. You know when it wasn't perfect, ideal, but he was able to slide it back into the in the goal. And so, you know, I think that's just proving we're getting there. We're getting there. We're taking those shots, and it looks good. Um, we were getting some fancy passes and some one touches and some back kills, and right. You know, it, it just looked nice. It was. It was pretty. It was beautiful. It it flowed. It wasn't so choppy, and it, it looked really good. Um, from from everybody, I felt like yeah. Passing wise, there were some some weird passes, some bad choices, and you know some takeaways that they had that were good. But uh, there were so many offensive passes that were just amazing, and it was great. The, I I guess with offense, the one thing I I could go with is. And I hate to be bagging on Yura again because I feel like we do that all the time, but his first touches have just got to get, got to get not just a little bit crisper, they got to get a lot more crisper. Yeah. I mean, Luis Silva's coming in and getting those touches when they're coming into him, and being able to trap it, bring it down to himself so that he can play the ball off to somebody else, or make a turn and then get a pass. And every time Yura gets it, it seems that you know it's just kind of falling into that hole that he'll he'll get it and it'll be a hard trap and it'll bounce five or six yards out from him and he'll run to it, but it's just too far for him to control it.
0: <laughs> yeah. We were kind of making that joke after the game that the best thing you did is when he did those dummy passes <laughs> and <then laughs> touch the ball. Uh You know, mm. I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel the same way. I hate to bag on Yura because I, I want you to do good. I, you know, I want to see him succeed, but right now, man, he's got to figure out something with that first touch I mean, because he's losing the spot right now to Luis Silva because of exactly what you just said.
1: Yeah, and he's not happy about it. I mean, he's not happy to not be playing. I mean, he, he did his uh, post-training interview on Tuesday, and we were there. Uh, maybe we can put the sound clip in of, you know. Yeah, where go ahead. He was asked about if um, what he could do or, yeah. or why he's just so unhappy. And, I mean... Um, pet mentioned on it too. And well, maybe we could put that sound clap, in, sound clip in as well. <laughs> you guys can hear it straight from them. Just, you know, you not happy cause he's not getting playing time and pet saying, you know, yeah, he shouldn't be happy cause he's not getting playing time and he's not earning the playing time. Right. And you know, I, I, I get it from both, both, uh, perspectives, but when you're that like high dollar money guy on the team, if you're not getting playing time, it's gotta be pretty bad. They you can't be doing something right. You got to realize that you're <laughs> yeah. not doing something right. Yeah. And I just don't know if it, that just hasn't clicked with Euro yet or, or what it is. Cause I do, I love Yura. when he first came back to us and he was just hustling his guts out and, you know, doing everything he could. I loved him, but he's kind of gotten a little bit lazy and you know, if it's not a perfect pass, it's, it's not good enough. And you know, I, I don't know if, if he needs to be benched for a full game or not even put in the 18 or I I don't know what it's going to take for him to get that uh, but he he still isn't showing anything to me that he he should be the starter over Luis Silva. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, we're not the ones that get to make the decision. Petkey's the one that makes the decisions on it, but you know, he he's not doing himself any favors right now. Right. Um with with his traps and and how he's playing in the game. So I don't know. I guess that's my one fault I have, <laughs> with with the offense today. Besides that, it was just beautiful football. Loved right. watching it. Loved being there. Loved the, the environment. The, the happy, joyful feeling that was at the riot that, uh, we came to know. And you know, I mean, we snapped their uh, their unbeaten streak. You know, yeah, Six Philadelphia games I think unbeaten, right?
0: Yeah, it's been on. Uh, they've been on a, kind of a tear. Uh, the last few, well, last month or so. Um, just beating on teams and you know not losing. <laughs> yeah and and they've kind of had that turnaround and they were maybe that little Cinderella story that you know everyone likes to root for unless you're playing them and RSL ends up not only beating you know keeping their un- or beating their unbeaten streak but uh you know also looking really good while doing it. so I don't know pretty interesting. And I I was pretty happy at the game. I, I <laughs> yeah. that's all I can say is I'm just happy it's relieving, it's refreshing. I don't know, all that stuff. Yeah. I guess I don't know, I guess we can do our man of the match and
1: Oh no, we're gonna to oh. all s- I'll set this up. Oh. We're oh. gonna do the man of the match uh-huh. today. Okay, I'm gonna okay. set it up so you <laughs> have to go first. All right, today on Olay, Utah State we're gonna give our man of the match. I'm introducing so Sean gets to go first today. So Shawnee boy. Uh, what do you think? Who yes. who, do you, who is your man of the match?
0: My man of the match, jeez, this is going to be, you know, I think the official one was Aaron Mond, and although I think though. Aaron Mond. What was it?
1: The official one was Plata. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah, I never listen. <laughs> I, maybe they were saying something on the post-game show. I don't know, I remember. But I guess, I don't know. I, I thought, well, see, both those are, like, too obvious for me because Aaron Mond, he had the goal line clearance. That's great. That's a cool thing Plata had the goal and played pretty well but I think the the person for me this week that um, set up the most dangerous plays and was kind of the key to our success was Albert Rusnak for me today just because I I felt like he was getting back on defense uh, helping that way and then at the same time turning it into a counter and setting up Plata and Saverino to make those dangerous plays yeah. I, I don't know, that's kinda my instant thought. <laughs> hmm. Interesting.
1: Um I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think Plata definitely deserves the man of the match. Um he hadn't been playing great the last few games. Right. I mean he'd been playing okay but not great and um I, I think today he came out with that fire, was ready to play, wanted to be there, um, something we haven't seen. So it's hard when we win because I'm just so happy and want everyone to be the man of the, the match. The whole team's but the man of the yeah. match. everyone's the man of the match. You get a man of the match. You get a man of the match. You get a man of the match. <laughs> uh, but I, I I think I agree with them with Plata being a man of the match. He he had the goal. Um, he was working well with Sabrino and Rusnik to get those one two touch passes. Um, I I think he he edges it out for me. Close close second tied with Rusnik and Savarino um mm-hmm. for their great combination plays and both of them working hard and running running their butts off. Um but yeah Plata Plata gets the man of the match for me at least. Yeah.
0: So let us know what you guys think if you agree with you know, whoever or you maybe have a different opinion on who you thought the man of the match was or or whatever. Maybe in addition to what we said. Um you can let us know on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. Really, whatever is your fancy, Um,
1: whatever uh, social media platform you use, Uh, be be sure to stay tuned. We're gonna um, put in our our interview with uh, Craig Weibel uh, just following um, (laughs) this little segment. This uh, segment of 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 the podcast. So
0: yeah, that's uh, I guess coming up an extra time. I don't I don't really know how to introduce that.
1: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) extra time. I guess that's what they call the post game show. So maybe we shouldn't call it extra time. Oh yeah. Let's call it um ninety minute plus. Nah, that doesn't work. We'll come up with a better saying for it in the next one, but coming up next, Craig Weibel interview. Uh Craig Weibel exclusive interview. It is here an exclusive interview. Olay Utah State. All right, welcome in to what we're calling
0: Olay, Utah State's stoppage time. Uh no trademarks on that yet. Um, what you're gonna hear next is the raw interview with Craig Weibel, and I just wanted to forewarn anybody who's listening to this that it's not perfect, and it is me asking the questions. So I will take full responsibility for fumbling through and being nervous. Um, again, we are not me and Brandon are not media people by any means, and this is uh, this is the second time I think I've interviewed somebody so. Um, hopefully you guys give me some slack, but hopefully you guys enjoy some of the, the questions and the answers that we get. Craig's a fun guy to interview. He's pretty laid back. Um, so anyway, here's that interview, uh, on a lead stage stoppage time. Thanks for listening.
2: So I guess the first question that I wanted to ask you, this is, I guess not, well, it's a good one, I guess to start with, but basically this season has been super busy for you, obviously, with, like, hiring a new head coach or, you know, part of that search and then signing players like Bruce and Severino. You know? So how do you deal with, like, all of that stress and all of that, I don't know, kind of time that you have to
3: put into that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the timelines are kind of interesting in, in player acquisition because they can be anywhere from 48 hours to four months. Um mm-hmm you know, when you stack everything on top, there's a lot of different layers to everyone's job. And this, this one's no, no exception to that. There's, you know, managing the day to day as well as, as well as keeping an eye on where you need to improve and, uh, and then continually pursuing it. You know, it's, it's been quite a while. We've, we've talked about many positions, but, um, you know, in particular to Sovereigno, we've been tracking him for well over a year. Uh, He was quite young when we first saw him in Venezuela, but, uh, drew our attention, and you know you kind of track and track and track, and uh, in the end, in the end, the timing just becomes right, and we were able to execute uh, a, a good loan for him with a purchase price at the end of the loan, end of the year. And mm-hmm. it's it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling when you're tracking players and they continue on the progression that you felt they might, uh, and then you know the opportunity comes up to bring them in, and yeah, feels like a like a big victory in, in a, in a world where small victories are, are quite nice. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Well, okay. Uh, let's see. So then the other thing I've been hearing kind of rumors about this from fans and I, I think you had an interview a few weeks ago saying this, but is there, can you give any word on the possible defensive signing that you kind of hinted at? Uh,
3: I don't know if I went that far. <laughs> um, I, I definitely have addressed for well over a year now that we continue to, we continue to look to strengthen our, our defense. And we always will, you know, since I've got, since I've been in this position for two and a half years, we look at our growth as a, as a progression. You know, it's, it's very difficult to hit home runs on every single player. So the key is to just improve every time you make an acquisition and, Um, We've been very methodical in the last couple of years about signing players that are better than the players we currently have uh, in their respective positions. And then again, looking to improve all the time. Uh, It doesn't mean we're always looking to replace every player. It just means that we have to, in the front office, always be aware of the fact that we need to get better. And so Mm
4: -hmm.
3: the defense is something I've, I've definitely been outspoken uh, about and it's definitely been a targeted position for the last couple of transfer windows. And so I do think we're going to be able to bring in some more depth though, in this summer and okay. without getting too specific, I, <laughs> I, you know, we would never target someone to the point I'm making. We would never target someone that we don't feel will, will make us better than what we are.
2: Okay. All right. And then um, I saw, again, this is kind of, my other co-host that I do this with is kind of telling me this. so there's, some TAM money that's coming in and then I guess, or there was, I guess a rumor that there's some TAM money coming in here this season. And then with that, is there any way, are you guys interested? I don't know if you can say anything about it, but possibly signing Lennon at the end of the season or is there any talk about
3: that? Well, those are two drastically separate <laughs> topics. Um, oh, yeah. bec- very, very separate topics because um, we, we, we're continuing to evaluate Brooks, and he's done quite well. And so, anytime you have a player that does well, you certainly um, take a greater interest in retaining them. Um, and I think that's fair to say that fair to say that at this point, we feel like he's a guy that we want to keep or try to keep um, around. And so, uh, I think we we will make effort to uh, to try and execute something um, within the lifespan of the loan. Okay. From the from the TAM perspective, uh, you know we I'm at the mercy, unfortunately, that the rest of the world is at where um, everything I hear is rumors until I get an email from the league that says something is fact. Uh, I operate on roughly the same rumors you guys do, and okay. so um, I mean amongst amongst the favorite rumors of of our league, which is always that something's going to change in the salary cap. I I have to operate in two or three different worlds at all times. I operate in the reality of where we are today, which is how I build the model. Um, then I operate much like everyone else does in the world of the rumors. And I go, okay, if this happened, then we change here and here and here. Um, you know, we have a couple different models built out. One of them is more cam money. One of them is more salary cap money and one of them is, is uh more general allocation money and Mm -hmm. you know i i can tell you it's it's a whole lot of work but at some point you throw away two of those three models and Mm -hmm. you go with the one that came (laughs) true yeah
2: definitely okay so then some other talk that's been going around is there's another yeah another club that's interested in in plata is there I don't know. I guess. Have you heard of anything nah, like okay. that? I mean,
3: I would. I would be straightforward if you know. I, I'm always straightforward. If someone calls me, I'll, I've got no problem saying someone contacted us. But you know, social media is a, a bit of a distraction when it comes to rumors, and I can I can tell you straight up, no one's contacted me under any circumstance about a player yet for the summer window.
2: Okay all right and then let's see just a few more questions so um this isn't something that i've heard kind of just what me and my other co-host had talked about is maybe uh-huh. um, is there any chance of maybe not in the near future but looking at selling any homegrown players i know we haven't ever sold a homegrown
3: player before is there any i don't know any chance yeah. for that. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've I, and and I, you know, I, I've I've been very open about this um, in the media that, you know, our league, and as a club, has somehow always viewed selling a player, homegrown or not, has mm. somehow always viewed it as a form of defeat. Like it, mm. by selling a player, it makes us a developmental league or whatever term people like to use with negative connotation. Selling players and buying players makes you a legitimately. That's mm-hmm. what the best teams in the world do. I mean, Man United, Real Madrid, these like they sell players and they mm-hmm. buy players, and it doesn't matter what their title is—international, f- world footballer of the year. Like this is what the best teams in the world do. They don't sell mm-hmm. players to line their pockets. They sell players to go out and get new players that help them improve and continue their involvement. So, yes, we we will definitely become a club and already have become a club that is willing to listen to offers made on not only homegrown players, but every player. Um, we, we have to be open-minded as we grow and as our league grows to not get closed into this thought process that every player is going to be with us for 20 years. Because... Mm-hmm. If you get trapped into that thought process, you lose sight of the fact that a player's contract is only X amount of years. If you're not willing to sell them, they might leave regardless. Because when their contract expires, it's their choice. So there's a business side of it that we have to acknowledge and we have to get a little more used to. doesn't mean we're going to be actively shopping, which I think is the biggest fear of many, many um, fans in MLS is that every team's just going to become money hungry. Um, that mm. will never be the focus of Real Salt Lake. We will be a smart club that sells players when the opportunity is right, that it's beneficial to the club. And the other thing many, many people don't know is, you know, an international transfer of a player or sale of a player requires the player's uh, cooperation. So mm. you can't, and it, yeah, it never gets discussed. But you you can't sell a player internationally without the player approving, it, no mm-hmm. matter where you are in the world. So oh, that's yeah. an wow. interesting fact that that comes up. So you know the the topic of selling a player is one thing. The topic of selling a player and having the player agree with the sale is another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How that is yeah, it
2: is really interesting. I didn't wasn't aware of that. Um, yeah. And then last question. This is kind of I guess with the younger players, have you have you been watching the U20 World Cup games? Been staying up yeah. late? <laughs> I've been watching them on replay.
3: <laughs> okay,
2: yeah, <laughs> I think that's the best way to do it. Staying up, I know that first game was like what three in the morning, something. Yeah, past. three then three
3: then five. Something oh my gosh, crazy.
2: So I guess can you comment on maybe how you feel about the five younger players? I guess that are at our academy or playing for RSL right now.
3: Yeah, they're doing well. I mean, you know, I I think uh, you, you have Brooks, whose whose work rate is phenomenal for the team, and um, hasn't shown up on the scoreboard yet, but but uh, but done done very very well in terms of the work that he's put in as well as the role he's playing. Um, obviously, nice to see Justin Glad get back on the field, albeit it was you know six to ten minutes there, but it's just nice to see him back on the field and optimistic uh it makes us optimistic for him his return. You have uh Sebastian Saucedo, who featured the first game, not second, but um you know is an attacking player and, and done done well flashes when he came on. And you know, he'll continue to do that. He's a great young talent and uh hopefully we'll see him in the third match there on the twenty eighth and uh and, you know and see him really have a, a huge a big impact. Christian Herrera and Danilo Acosta both playing outside backs, and um, both of them showing well. You know, I think Christian Christian did very well uh, in the first game, just to to take kind of a really talented player and uh, and learn to contain him. I mean, there's going to be some ups and downs in outside back, especially when you're playing against very very fast dynamic wingers. Right. Um, but I think both of them have done well, and I think Danilo showed really well in the second game against Senegal. So um, good good times for our academy, um, definitely for the organization, and optimism moving forward. You know, we, we we see the players evolving right in front of us, and it's a matter of time until quite a few of these guys are consistent contributors on our first team. hmm Yeah, definitely exciting. Like you
2: said, optimism coming up. And then I guess kind of a a last question for you. So uh, I don't know if you're aware of their website, Reddit, or that RSL fan community. It's just kind of like a little forum where there's a bunch of RSL fans there. And it seems like after the the losses especially, and again, I'm sure this is driven by emotion for them, but there's a lot of people that um, kind of put the blame on you or – um, you know, the front office is what they'll say a lot. And I just wondered how you would respond to maybe some of your critics that are out there.
3: It doesn't matter what I do. There <laughs> will they'll, they'll always be critics. I mean, we can win a championship. There will be critics. Um, you know, there, there's a vision, there's a vision and a plan that we set out two years ago, uh, on when, when, you know, when I entered into this role. And we're well on the way to executing that. It does take some patience to develop talent. And, you know, the difference, I, I've talked about it ad nauseum, um, publicly about, you know, I believe in the fans' right to judge the day. And I believe in the fans' right to react to each game. Um, my role and my position is to control a longer term vision. I have to monitor and evaluate what's happening in the short term to see if we're still on track to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. But I would I would uh, uh, openly challenge uh, <laughs> anyone, anyone that um, does not believe that this roster is currently being structured to be successful in a long-term vision. Um, mm-hmm. Does that mean we're going to take some lumps and I'm going to take some punches? On the way, absolutely. Because that's what happens when you're developing young players and you're uh, not getting the results you desire. But, you know, the challenge is when these players come around and this roster is full of budding talent and we continue to make improvements on the roster, the challenge won't be for me. It'll be for the fans. You know,
4: Mm -hmm. there
3: will always be – there's some – There's some fans in everything we do, regardless of if it's sport, music. All forms of entertainment deserve criticism. That's what makes entertainment entertainment is emotional opinions about it. I have the same reactions to things I support. And and without knowing the ins and outs of other people's roles in those, um, you know, it's very difficult to know where where the vision and the leadership is going. I try and be as open as I can. I'm I'm certainly far more open with my ideas than many, many GMs um uh, mm-hmm. in, in just in sports in general. And you know, I I I've welcomed uh, phone calls many times. I've handed my phone number out in different forums and uh I'm always open to a discussion. I've 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 fielded Plenty of phone calls from fans that don't expect me to answer
4: mm-hmm. and
3: talk them through some of the decisions and I think I'm well over we're we're nearing ten or eleven of those it does take it does take courage to call me, and I understand that and that's why I'm very respectful uh when I field calls and you know we're upwards of ten ten of those calls where by the end of the phone conversation it's it's a very civil and polite Thank you for the explanation. I had no idea that was the situation or or things along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and again, I tell people very openly, I have a vision and I have a vision and and we are doing our best as an organization, as a coaching staff and as technical staff to execute our long-term vision. I don't mean to use the word I because it's not mine, it's ours. Mm -hmm. And uh, those that know more details about it obviously understand where we're going um you know i I, candidly i I don't do social media so Mm
4: -hmm. i'm not
3: aware of the i'm not aware of the actual um reference you made in terms of uh people being critical Mm -hmm. uh but but i'm happy you know if you have some of them i'm happy to discuss them with you
2: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah,
3: it's, it's
2: all open, you know. Mm-hmm. No, and that's the thing. I know uh, my other coach, Brandon. He, me, and him have talked multiple times about how we love how open you are. Whenever we get a chance to talk to you, whether it's at a practice or, you know, whatever, that you're always like you say, very straightforward. I mean, I know last year we ran into you at a at a practice, and he had told us about the your uh, the Motician signing, and it was like a week before the press release. <laughs> it yeah, was pretty good. And so uh, like. It's always interesting. We always talk about it on our show about how it's kind of interesting that they always seem to go to the front office when something goes wrong like that. Um, I know like one of the big complaints, and it's hard for me to kind of show you what they feel because I don't feel the same way. But they've said that our <laughs> like, so that, like our team isn't very deep, or like you know like where's our depth? And this has been a few weeks ago, and we have had you know quite a few injuries, and that's what on our show we're saying like well you know we do have a deep team, but yeah when you have 11 people injured. Um you know or or gone for whatever reason, like <laughs> what do you expect kind of thing but well there's a know.
3: you know there's a lot of a lot of criticism is is usually met or led by an emotional charge, and that's fair again like i i one hundred percent encourage emotion um, you know again i would I would challenge those critical of the depth to show me where we're lacking in depth. Um, compared to other MLS teams. We are on a salary cap. It is not an exorbitant amount of money. Um, You build your teams with, you know, in our case, we're building our team with young depth that we're looking to get experience along the way to develop into first-team players, i.e. Jordan Allen, Justin Glad. Um, You know, I think Brooks is another guy who, uh, without the game time we've been giving him is is not quite as far along as he is now. And, mm-hmm. you know, take to that Danilo Acosta who's featured for the first team, Ricardo Velasco, who's featured for the first team. This is young, young talent that we are bringing along within our system and have through our academy. So, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, in a sense, I, I completely agree with asking the question. You know, mm-hmm. um, if and that's a big if. If those that are choosing to question the depth are ignoring the injuries that we've sustained this year, which have ex- limited limited selection, and quite frankly forced us into situations to play players before anyone would have wanted them to play mm-hmm. in their development, you know, then that's that's obviously an emotionally based discussion slash argument that regardless of what I say would never suffice those that are choosing to be upset by that. Um, Hmm. You know, but I would go through, I would go through the depth of our roster, for instance, and this is just in response to the one concern. (laughs) I would go through the depth of our roster and say that, you know, with eight of our own Academy players, Justin, Glad, Jordan, Allen, Danilo, Acosta, Sebastian, Succedo, Ricardo Velasco, Brooks Lennon and Jose Hernandez and Lalo Fernandez, I I would challenge a fan to bring me another MLS roster with that type of talent mm-hmm. in the youth of their roster, meaning not necessarily on the senior roster, but in those supplemental and apprentice slash reserve roster roles. I think it's extremely talented. However, mm-hmm. in MLS in MLS because of the way the league's structured and the and the financial limitations that we face. You know, the idea is not to play those guys as starters week in and, week out, which is unfortunately a situation we found ourselves in early this season. It's mm-hmm. it's to use it's to use those guys when they're playing well, when they're performing at a very high level for the Monarchs and then mix them into the lineup as opposed to construct the lineup with mul- with a multitude of youth.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So,
3: you know, it is frustrating. It's frustrating for everyone when um, we see lineups with multiple young players out. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the best. It's not, you know, best for their development either to not be surrounded yeah. by proven pros. But um, And then, of course, you, you have the challenges every year of um, you're always going to have a few players overperform. And the goal is to have no one underperform. At this point of the season, I think, I think it's fair to say we've had a couple players struggling, and we 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 have to solve those riddles. And um, part of it falls on the club, and part of it falls on the player. All
2: right. All right. All right. Hey, well, thank you so much for your time today. I, I don't want to take up too much time. Today. Like to no, you're no, no worries, man. I enjoyed
3: talking to you guys. You guys, you guys are great.
2: I am Nick from
4: London. I
0: am your brother. This
3: is Europe Hey, this is
0: Jami Sanonabe. This is Kyle Beckerman and you're listening to
3: only Utah State.